0: Hello everyone and good afternoon. Welcome to the Mexican Football Show and in today's show we'll review the Mexican National Team's latest performances against Team USA and Honduras. But first I want to welcome my co-host Johnny. Hello Johnny.
1: Hello Gloria. Thank you very much for uh, having me here another week. And this week well, we had the Mexican qualifiers. There's still one game left on the, qualifi- on the CONCACAF qualifier in this octagonal final. Not now. Only a six header, it's an eight header, but yeah, um, we have all Mexico almost qualified for the World Cup.
0: Yeah, um, there's only one more match against Guatemala. Against
1: El Salvador.
0: El Salvador, and after that, Guatemala in April. Um, But yeah, like you said, Mexico is almost gonna qualify. They should have already, Canada already qualified, but yeah, in today's show, we're gonna be discussing the national team for the most part since it was International Week we were on an international break there was no liga mx matches this this weekend so let's get started okay johnny my first question of the day is gonna be are you happy with mexico's performance against the usa
1: i'm kind of bittersweet you know because i don't think it was a bad game as a whole i think they have they have a lot of Things to rescue from that game compared to how Mexico had been playing in the uh, and mostly in the last two international windows. I think this was an improvement, but it wasn't that like it was like the super improvement, you know, Gloria. Uh, I think El Tata Martino has been overly criticized more than he deserves. I think, but yeah, also the players haven't been. As we had, as we would expect in these in these games.
0: So you're overall, you're saying that you're overall happy with Tata Martinez's performance, but given that this was a Clásico against the United States, not taking the win in the Estadio Azteca at home, I think that should have been the number one reason. Aside from the fact that Tata hasn't been playing any convincing games against Costa Rica, against Panama, against Jamaica, I think this match should have. Been the decisive one to win, like I said, given that we were playing at home.
1: Yeah, you, you said that. I mean, Mexico always has to win against the U.S. and especially at home. I mean, we know that uh, we lost the first leg. That Mexico lost the first leg against the U.S. in. I think it. No, we didn't play in Columbus. It was in. I can't recall but yeah the thing is Mexico lost the first leg and I think this was like a moment this should have been a moment to put a hit on the table to make bragging to take bragging rights as of who is who in CONCACAF that well we know that we know right now that uh, the one that's leader of of the qualifying is Canada not Mexico and or the US surprisingly or even Costa Rica that Costa Rica will recovered, recovered really well from how they started the qualifying. I think Mexico should have won this game. Uh, what, I, what I meant with this game is that they didn't play as badly as other games in this qualifying. But what do you think, Gloria, about this game against the United States?
0: Um, I don't agree with you, um, given that the game was played at what, 3 a.m. here in Madrid. I watched it, but the last 20 minutes were unbearable for me like I I was generally bored um, there was no quick plays there was no I, I in my opinion there wasn't any smart plays and fast plays um, the US has a pretty young team they have players like great players like Gio Reyna who were dribbling the ball through half of the Mexican team like from the from the middle of the field all the way to Ochoa's um, goal I mean that why how do they let that happen? Like, Mexico has always been a team who imposes themselves in the Estadio Azteca and El Nido de Coapa. And this game, it just felt like another, n- a normal match. Like, if they were playing against uh, another, uh, just a different team. Uh, Mexico should be against the USA, especially since they are a pretty young um, organization, have more experience overall. And th- that wasn't seen today. I mean, not today, last, last week so moving on i'm gonna ask you about one of the main topics of controversy right now should chicharito be called up to the national team
1: actually i was talking about it like uh, two hours ago with a friend i mean given the options we have right now i say why not the thing is well we know what happened with chicharito the party in new york before the game against Argentina, like three years ago, do you remember that?
0: Yeah, it's always been a big scandal within Mexican players, I think, and that the discipline is not there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that right now, Chicharito is not a person that El Tata Martino would like to have at his in his side. I, I think Chicharito put the last nail on his coffin for the calling for being called to the, to the national team i think he was a great player he was a great person but he got derailed and he is not just the same chicharito that we once had that he was the only guy that stepped aside to sign autographs for the fans he who always had these good vibes on him uh, he had ne- he had never been like this super technique player this super super gifted player but he always had a lot of goal scoring you wanted to tell me something glory
0: yeah the thing is like you said he may not be the best at uh, dribbling and stuff like that but he always shows up he shows up at the right moment um i remember i would criticize him a lot back in the days because i'm like he's a casagolitos, because he was just always there but that was i mean that was his job you know and also um, the Another thing I was going to say is that, did you see that he didn't even watch the game? What are your thoughts?
1: I mean, that's, I think that's exactly the problem with Chicharito right now. His attitude just doesn't make... I think that that's the, the factor, the main factor that makes Tata Martino say, OK, why do I want you here with me? Why do I want you to play with this team? This will only be a distraction for, the, for our players. And also, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit because you say he always showed up. I remember at least three or four games in the qualifying, especially in the qualifying to the Brazil World Cup, where he had to show up, and he didn't. Mainly the game against Costa Rica, mainly the game against Panama in the Stadio Azteca, the last two games where he had to show up. And, well... Yeah, I mean I I don't I will, I will I don't want to undermine his achievements. He is the max the greatest goal scorer in Mexican national team history and that comes with a lot of pride and a lot of joy for him. But I don't think Chicharito I I I, I mean he has a couple of years that I am not a great Chicharito fan and he's been doing great in the MLS lately. But that's the thing, the MLS. What, you live in the United States, Gloria. Give me your thoughts on the MLS.
0: Like I said, the the United States soccer or football, however you want to call it, is fairly new. It's not prioritized. That's the reason why it, the level isn't the best. Um, but they are working hard to develop it. Like They, they sign players with big-name players. And, I mean, like Chicharito for example, he's, how old is he? He's in his late... 30s and he's 30. yeah and the MLS has a lot of young players so like those type of players like Chicharito bring a lot of experience to to the to the league but like you said the level isn't the same and we also discussed this with with um, Hector Herrera's decision to move to the MLS um, I mean I don't know what else to say about Chicharito it's at the end of the day it's not our decision. it's Tata Martinez's. Pero ahora vamos a ir a la siguiente, a la otra Mexico vs Honduras.
1: Before that, let's just remind what uh, Edson Álvarez had to say after the game. Uh, he said, well, he, he said this. Yo creo que el último pase, si ves las ocasiones que generamos, desafortunadamente nos está faltando este último pase. Pero la verdad que los que saben de fútbol, los que saben analizar el fútbol, eh, van a saber que hicimos un gran partido.
0: Okay, um yeah that is what Narberis had to say. What are your thoughts? I think he 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 was the one who had to like step up and speak up for the rest of the team because he knew that he they had to win this game.
1: Yeah, I I mean I don't agree that they played as well as he says. I do think, as I already said, that they played better than they were than they were playing. But I don't know if this is like a performance to clap on themselves for them to be proud of their uh, of their game you know i think that there's a lot of work to do within the tata martino squad uh, I, I, I reiterate tata martino has been thoroughly thoroughly criticized uh, he should receive a lot of criticism but i th- i think the players do not receive enough criticism for their for their game in this qualifying
0: yeah, they don't receive as, as much criticism for their performance. Um, I think the Mexican fans were not happy with those declarations from El Machín. Um, but it's at the end what he had to say. Uh, now moving on to the Honduras versus Mexico game that was played also. Um, going into this game, we knew that the Mexican team had to win. If, if they drew or if they lost, that was going to be disastrous for Tata.
1: Yeah, I mean, they in the end won. They played a terrible game this was, this this did was a terrible game uh, we were i think you saw, you saw it also D- don't you Gloria?
0: I saw bits and, and pieces of it because i mean like i said um, it's it's pretty late here in Madrid to watch it but um, like you said they played horrible but i think it has to do with the mentality that they dropped down to the other team's level and i don't want to de- demeaner um honduras is, uh, game but why play at that level when you know you have the players, you have the techniques to play better?
1: Uh, that's uh, that's also what uh, what takes me in the national in Mexico's national team. I mean, we see Hector Herrera playing like in God mode here last week. We have praised him a lot in this in this uh, podcast. Uh, Tecatito Corona has been playing great with Sevilla. Uh, even the me- the guys in the Mexican league, Charlie Rodriguez has been playing great with Cruz Azul, but they just don't show up in the Mexican national team. I think uh, that it's kind of weird. The only ones that haven't been playing as well in their clubs are El Chucky Lozano and Raul Jimenez, I think. Raul Jimenez, well, we know he's coming off an injury, and also El Chucky Lozano well, has been hit with a lot of injuries as of late like it's it it was kind of a meme that okay Chucky Lozano comes to the national team he's going to be injured again
0: yeah it's kind of sad to think about that but uh, in my opinion Raul Jimenez for the most part and Chucky had one of their worst games It was sad to watch because Raul had been having a pretty good streak prior to like the last couple of games prior to injuries with Chucky Lozano and this game was just they couldn't find the touch of the ball and in my opinion the one who played the best was Edson Alvarez this time.
1: I do agree with you. The me- the best Mexican player on the field was Edson Alvarez, who had the risk of getting another yellow card and missing the last game against El Salvador. I mean, right now well, it's uh, they won. He scored the the winning goal on a it, well, it wasn't on a on a play in the field. It was a stop the ball play a a corner kick. But in the end, they had they won. That's what mostly matters in matters in here uh that's the advantage we have of playing in conca cup at the level of most of the teams is not not, not, not
0: it's not the best and everyone knows it that's the reason why mexico should be um they they call themselves the giant of Concacaf. they're not showing that
1: exactly and they haven't been showing it like for the last two or three well taking off Russia that I think that was the best qualifying I have seen in my life in my life from Mexico I think that's the they have like two or three qualifiers that we haven't been we haven't shown that we have a level better than the rest of the CONCACAF teams but yeah moving on uh,
0: where does, Johnny let me ask you this where does Mexico sit right now on the on the table on the standings
1: Right now they're sitting third place, just behind uh, USA, because uh, because of goal average, not bec- not because of points. They are actually level on points. The, w- the only CONCACAF team that's already qualified for the World Cup is Canada. Canada has been playing great, like great even without alfonso davis that is one of the best players not only in concacaf but in the world i think for me he's the best fullback in the world i don't know how you see him
0: yeah he's great and like you said canada has been doing great they haven't been, they have been, they have had convincing wins of like 3-0 2-1 4-1 i mean what else can you ask from canada
1: no I, it, they, they they're great they they just been playing great and it was really really uh, really nice to see Alfonso Davis I don't know if you saw his twitch stream in in comparison Chicharito was playing Warzone while streaming and Alfonso Davis was reacting to Canada's game while streaming he cried I mean he was so emotional it's if you do, if you haven't looked at it go go look for it it was really really nice and I'm happy for them they're playing great and they're returning to a World Cup. their first world cup since 1986 their second appearance in the world cup and it's going to be two appearance two straight appearances for them because we're co-hosting with them the world cup in the next in the next four years
0: yeah um on that note that yeah that is the difference between him and chicharito and also with mexico i think that they take it for granted they take for granted their position the support from the federation they are prioritized on so many levels in Mexico compared to other um, sports. We all know that it's not a secret, and I think they are very—they're conforming to everything. And as long they are, they feel comfortable with qualifying, even if it's by crawling there, you know. And that's what the, I am—I hate that about the national team, but it is what it is. Like you said, Mexico right now sits third with how many points um 22. with 25 points 25. they are tied with the usa who sits above them um yeah canada sits on, at the top with 28 points already qualified with no need to worry about anything our next um, opponent is el salvador who canada beat obviously but yeah we're hoping for the best for this for this following an upcoming match Okay, moving on um, to our next segment. Johnny, today we are going to remember one of the me- best and one of our most favorite moments of the national team, be it in a qualifying match, be it in the World Cup, a friendly or whatever. I have one in mind. Do you want to go first? or? So my favorite moment, I think, it was hard to choose because I do have a couple. It was the uh, game against Germany in Russia 2018.
1: I, w- I chose also that one. Uh, let me hear first your version because I have a very special reason why that's my fa- my favorite game.
0: Okay, I think yours might be more special than mine. <laughs> but yeah, mine, it's my favorite because um, this being their debut in the 2018 Russia World Cup, the Aztecs were going into this match with a lot of pressure because they were playing against the current then current champions of the World Cup, the world champions, the four-time current champions. I mean, it was a... An, a big 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 pressure for the Aztecs however the squad by then led by uh, Juan Carlos Osorio did exactly what they knew they had to do which was prevent the Germans from controlling the midfield and yeah I mean I remember I was watching this game in Mexico and a, El Tri had a dream first half everything was working for them the goal came in the first half I mean it was I was I was in a cloud I wasn't having dreaming
1: yeah, I mean, you saw it in Mexico, but this is uh, really, really special for me because I actually was at the stadium, I saw it live, I was in Russia, I was at Moscow. I mean, it was great. I remember when there was a, a play at the, at the begin, at just the beginning of the game that was pretty much exactly the same play as the, go, as the goal play. But the the difference was here. I think it was Wateng who was covering uh, El Chucky Lozano in the, in the in the in the play. Obviously, he's a defender. He knows what he's doing. But in the goal play, it was Mesut Ozil who isn't who was lost. He didn't have anything to do to do there. And the goal came. For me, it was wonderful. The Germans. I have to give them a lot of a uh, lot of praise for. How, the German fans, I have to give them a lot of praise, they were congratulating us, like, man, you beat us, sure. you did great, yeah, I, I was loving it, and also, well, you know that uh, in this, that, here in Europe, there's a lot of friction between countries, mm-hmm. the Russians, that saw us with the with the mexican jersey on the street after the game and they they were they they were praising us like heroes you know it was amazing i remember getting back to the hotel i i couldn't believe it at the point that i remember getting back to the hotel with my sister i was sleeping with my sister uh on the hotel night on the hotel room and i was like damn my sister my sister was like wow what happened we won (laughs) <laughs> uh, that, that, uh, she can tell you i was like we actually won the game against the current world champions i was so happy and also not to repeat not to repeat with you i think there uh, another of my favorite moments i also was in there i think it was the game between mexico and the united states in the 20 to 2010 world cup qualifiers the one that was in the stadio azteca the goal of el gringo castro that he shot he hit the goal he hit the crossbar and went in that was a great game my first time in the stadio azteca my first time watching a mexico game just amazing one of the best performances i have ever seen from mexico Uh, the us actually started winning that game but i think Mexico recovered greatly. the Well, I already told you the first goal was from uh, Israel Castro, and after that, it was again the game winner came from via Miguel Sabá. You, you remember? I think you remember him. He was playing for Morelia at that they point. Yeah, he played for Chivas, played for Cruz Azul, for Leon, for a lot of teams yeah. everywhere. Yeah. But he, I think he was a very underrated uh, striker. But I also think that was that at that time, the Estadio Azteca was the Estadio Azteca, the stadium, imposing. Yeah, as you said. yeah.
0: I miss those days of the majestic Estadio Azteca, where every team that stood there was scared because of the fans for, for the mer- for the first part which also in this in this time around against the USA there was a limitation on how many fans because of the sanction towards the homophobic chant to the Mexican team which also needs to change because that's unacceptable but yeah another of my favorite moments um Johnny is the game against the USA in the Gold Cup 2011
1: Firmala you firmala firmala firmala
0: Yes exactly like that it was one of the best goals ever for the national team and against the United States. Um, team Howard, had; he was completely, completely humiliated in this in this play. And it was just, Chicharito was also playing there. And it was, yeah, one of the best moments.
1: That was the Chicharito we want. We,
0: we want and need. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, these, these were um, my two favorite moments. Do you have anything else to add?
1: Uh, no, I just hope um, we have more moments like this coming uh, coming on. I mean, there's been a lot of great moments for the Mexican national team. The gold medal, of course, um, winning the Confederations Cup, even though we, we were so young that we didn't live through it. Uh, the, gold
0: medal was the gold medal in London 2012, amazing against Brazil, it was quite memorable too. We had players like Fabian who were at their top. At the A game during that, that those um, years, and I don't know, I don't know what we need to do to get back to that same level again, Johnny.
1: I actually interviewed Marco Fabián on January. You did. Yeah, and I asked, I asked him because this year it's the 10th anniversary of the gold medal, so.
0: Uh, oh my God! Ten years. Gosh, how old were we? <laughs> that
1: that's that's that was my same reaction.
0: I, I had never thought about it. 10 years, God I, I don't know, sorry if, you, if you're listening to this, I'm actually pretty shocked That it's been 10 years it's
1: Crazy. I, re- I reacted the same way As you are reacting right now But yeah, I mean He told me that he was like They, they firstly had to believe That it could be done And after that, well, things played out They played re- a really great tournament We have to remind ourselves that And yeah, everything turned out good
0: yeah, um, yeah, we played against Brazil, that final, and I think it's, and going back to the Germany game, when we play against teams like this, that we have, we're the underdogs, we play so good. Why can't we do that in every game?
1: And uh, I, ca- I, ca- I have to remind also last year's bronze medal in the Olympic Games. I think that Olympic team is what gives me hope for the future, because they played so so well in the Olympic Games. I mean, when the semifinals come, it was Brazil, Mexico, and the other side was Spain against Japan. I think, I I remember saying to my friends, okay, the four teams that are in the semifinals currently have an actual great shot at the gold medal. Like, all four teams, Japan being the host, and they were playing great. Brazil being Brazil, Spain with a new generation of players and Mexico was really, really playing well. I think we actually had a shot. I'm not disappointed of the bronze medal because the competition was so great and Mexico standing there with the best of the best, I think, that's what gives me hope.
0: Definitely. Well, thank you, Johnny, for those great memories. all right now it's time for the weekly quiz are you ready johnny it's my turn to quiz you
1: well last week i don't know if i was too harsh or too soft with you but yeah go shoot shoot
0: you should be harsh don't worry okay this is also to quiz our listeners you know we we always need to keep them involved okay quiz quiz question number one who was the first player to dispute five different World Cups? He is Mexican and his nickname is very similar to the coach of the national team right now.
1: Ah, this one's easy. La Tota Carvajal. Antonio La Tota Carvajal. missed El Cinco Copas. And actually, uh, this World Cup, it can be Andres Guardado, who equals him. We, all, we already have... Uh, Rafa Marquez who played in in five World Cups We already have La Tota Carvajal And the only other Mexican that has played And only other player that is not Mexican That has played in five World Cups Is Gianluigi Buffon He should have broke that record He should have played his sixth World Cup in Russia But to all our Italian friends Especially our producer Martina That's not here right now with us But Uh, She's Italian, yes, but moving on.
0: We also have Lothar Matthaus from Germany. Excuse me if I'm totally butchering the name. Okay, good job, Johnny. Question number two. This one's. I think I went pretty soft this week, given that you knew the first one. Mexico has only made it to the quarterfinals in two occasions. Can you name which, which occasions were these? And why?
1: And why? I'm going to start with the why. It was both occasions in Mexico. It was the both occasions that Mexico was the host of the World Cup. One in 1970, one in 1986. The 1986 one was where hopes were high for Mexico to advance. They lost in the... You know, actually, it's kind of weird. Because you know why the game against Germany wasn't played in the Estadio Azteca, it was played in Monterrey, in the, in the Estadio Universitario. Why? Because they t- Mexico thought they were going to advance to the second round, but in second place of the group. So they placed everything, so that the, f- the second place of the group b- would keep playing at the Estadio Azteca, and the second place would go and travel in Monterrey, and, that, and Mexico going through the group stages on first place, they had to travel to Monterrey for that game against Germany.
0: That's, that's pretty interesting, I didn't know that. You end up quizzing me, you see. <laughs> Do you know who won these World Cups?
1: 1970 was the Brazil, the, El Rey Pelé, the, he, his last World Cup, in fact, and 1986, well, the, the world's famous, most famous goal scored in the history of the World Cup by Diego Armando Maradona, and Argentina ended up winning the World Cup.
0: Yes, thanks to the Mano de Dios, um, quite happy that these two memorable teams won their World Cups in Mexico.
1: Yeah, uh, they say if the if stones could talk, the stones of Estadio Azteca, the only place where the two considered the two greatest players of all time, the two GOATs of football, won their World Cups in that stadium.
0: Exactly, that is why we love El Estadio Azteca. <laughs> Last question, quite easy, like I said. Mexico defeated this team in the World Cup, making it the third consecutive defeat for a world champion in their first match. Which team was this, and who are the other two teams?
1: Uh, Germany. Germany. It the it was the third consecutive. Wow, that that's a that's a, <laughs> a fact that I didn't know. But I, I think it was uh, Spain lost in 2014 the five the five one loss against the Netherlands. And Italy lost their first game in South Africa. Wow, I didn't rem- I, th- I don't remember that. You are making me doubt
0: my my research, but I think so. Yes, Mexico did defeat Germany, the current then current champions. And yeah, that is all for today, Johnny. That's my entire quiz.
1: Now, my pleasure, Gloria. Uh, I think you should next time you should be harsher with me.
0: Okay. Moving on to the match previews for the weekend, Liga MX is back. Okay, the first match we should keep an eye eye for this weekend is the match between Pachuca and Tigres. Pachuca will be be receiving Tigres in the Estadio Hidalgo this Friday, April 8th, here in Madrid, Thursday in Mexico. Pachuca leading the table and Tigres being the the one following with 23 points.
1: Yeah, I think this is going to be one of the this may not Pachuca may not be like the most popular team around but Tigres they have been playing really really well. last five five games five wins for Pachuca they have only lost one game in this tournament. also Tigres has only lost has only lost once and I think these both teams are playing really damn good really damn well. I'm surprised actually for how well is Tigres playing not only because of uh, his squad he probably because of his of their squad they should be playing well but I mean they really are as uh, in contrast of last year's because uh, of the last year's of El Tuca Ferretti the, uh, as a head coach for Tigres
0: Yes, um, they are, like I said, pretty evened out there. They're both undefeated in the last five matches. And the, the table has shifted a little, Johnny. Pachuca's is now leading, like I said. Cruz Azul has now dropped. And that gives me the following match. Would you want to describe that?
1: Yeah, the next match we should keep an eye for this weekend is actually the game between the last two champions of the Liga MX. Cruz Azul against Atlas at the Estadio Azteca. Amazing how this, amazing how this, uh, this has turned out, the two teams that had the most famous droughts in Mexican football history, and, well, Atlas, who just became champions, and it's actually weird for a lot of people saying that this is the game between the last two champions, don't you think?
0: Yeah, because we never expected them to be champions in the first place, but it's great, it's going to be a great match to see, they're going to be defending their honor,
1: Ah oh, come on you don't tell me you didn't expect Cruz Azul would win before Atlas did. Come on, Gloria, come on. I mean taking off my jersey. Taking off my Cruz Azul jersey.
0: Okay that's true. I I think I believed Cruz Azul was gonna be champions before Atlas for sure. And I kind of wanted that too. Being a chivista, I don't want Atlas to win.
1: Alright, alright, alright.
0: Putting my jersey on.
1: Any other game that you should that you think we should be keeping an eye for, Gloria?
0: Well, maybe another one would be the Toluca versus Puebla match that will be happening this Sunday, April 3rd. But other than that, I don't think there's another one, Johnny. Um, Puebla, like we said, has been doing great in the tournament. They are third right now after Pachuca and Tigres and right above Atlas and Leon and Cruz Azul. Uh, Toluca is sitting in 11th place right now. They haven't been doing great. They have lost two of their, uh, of their um, latest matches. They are sitting with 13 points, so I think it should be a quite easy win for Puebla if they have their A game on.
1: I don't know if easy is the adjective, but yeah, Puebla. The logic tells Puebla should be winning this game, and also Puebla hasn't won. They lost against San Luis. They lost their undefeated streak, and um, and, and they they couldn't win against a struggling Santos side. But yeah, Puebla. Taking out these two games have been playing great this season, but if this third one they can't get the win, I think they should start worrying about it.
0: Yeah, but like I said, that is maybe the other match that I would recommend. And I think that is it for today, Johnny. We went over the national teams' performance and the upcoming matches for the Liga MX. Thank you so much for joining me, and hope to see you next
1: week also. Thank you very much for uh, keeping me inviting to this project of yours Gloria and we'll see we'll see each other next week.